Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode number 508. It's Wednesday, the 14th of June, 2017. Nice to have you here. We are a week away from our Debian release celebration because Debian Stretch is going stable this weekend. Make sure you uh, you plan to join us next Wednesday night. Tonight, we are going to be looking at the world's largest USB flash drive. Flash drive. And uh, you want to stick around. Sasha is going to be doing some field work as well and talking to people in the uh, in one of the Barry Malls about uh, what they think would be the largest USB flash drive. Think about it. What do you think it would be? Sasha, over in the newsroom, what do you have for us? Well, here's what's coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Boeing wants to make their passenger airplanes entirely autonomous. Amazon Kindle's book charts are being badly skewed by bots, and it's hurting our author's bottom lines. A battery powered by trash is now a proven reality, and the new Mars rover looks like something Batman might drive. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in live every single week on Roku, Kodi, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to the show. I'm Robbie. Please help me welcome Sasha Dermatis. Hello. Henry Bailey Brown. Howdy. How you been? Hope you've been having Super a great week. Tonight we are setting off to answer the age-old question. What size is your flash drive? Pretty small, actually. Sorry. <laughs> Don't judge it by its size. I, it's, yeah, I mine is small, too. I yeah. feel like I got mine in a three-pack combo, and oh, it yeah? was like... Okay, so let's yeah. back it up. Your USB flash drive, what was the first one you ever bought? Oh, this is a bad one for me, you know, Robbie. Okay. <laughs> mine, was a fa- mine was fancy back in, like, 2008, I think. It was, oh, like, super fa- fancy. 500 megabytes of awesome space. 500 megabytes. What about you? What was the, the first USB flash drive that you ever bought? Lyndon said 64 gigabytes. 64 gig? Yeah. So that was fairly recently. Um, wow. For me, I would, I would think it might have been a 32 megabyte. Oh, my okay. gosh. Possibly a 64 megabyte. Do floppy disks count? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of there, isn't it? Ten. It was super, super tiny, but it also it was very expensive. Right. I mean, I know that the chat room's going wild. The Foo had 128 megabytes. 128 megabyte. That was big at the time. Yeah, so for free in a swag bag. Just think Congratulations. of all the Word docs you could, uh, you could store on that. All, all those text documents. Just oh, 10 out of 10. <laughs> what would you think, Henry, is the largest, just off the top of your head, what's the biggest USB flash drive that... Up until today, when you came into the studio and saw what Honestly, we were I thought it was something like 128, because you 128 see... 128 gigs? Yeah, because yeah. it's just like you have your standard, okay, 16, 32, 64, mm-hmm. and right now, like, right. especially with phones and stuff, you I know, think of true, like yeah. 128. 
And you think about the incremental... And may, maybe, maybe if you're, like, super rich, you might have, like, a terabyte one. If you're super rich. Yeah, because, like you said... Have you even seen a terabyte USB flash drive? No, one? I've never like, seen Like, seriously, one these things fit in your pocket, right? Yeah, and it's just like, what? It's a terabyte? Yeah, and, like, I, I never... I've never seen one before. So but that's the size I think it would be. What do you two carry with you? So, uh, I, I mean, I always have flash drives in my pocket. I have them linked together, so I, you know, each one is for different purposes. I have my what do you cute, have with you? I have my cute... I'm showing off my kit, guys. Mine is a cute little 128 gigabyte A data. You just push the oh, button yeah. and it just slides out oh. there. Sliding action. Yeah. Extra. Yeah. Typical of the A data. Yeah. Drives, yeah. Yeah, what, what do you have? This is a 128-gig UE700, and I bought this good. because I do a lot of video production. There you and go. I've got the, uh, uh, so I needed a faster drive. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I've got a Data Traveler 32-gig for just general files. Hey, so that's nice. the Kingston drive. Um, but the, definitely the, the ADATA was faster. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's why I opted for that. But 128 mm -hmm. gigs, so that's the biggest one that I carry around in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Sasha, do you carry a USB I don't carry drive? one on me. I have a couple at home. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have anything bigger than 32. I actually don't think I have a... Th I think probably... 32 I have like gigs is pretty big. I think That's I have what a I have in my car. Yeah. yeah. In my car, in the dashboard, there is a port for USB. Okay. So we have a low-profile SanDisk um, mm -hmm. 32 gig um, card. And I like it. The only reason I went with that one is because it's low profile. It's basically flush to the dashboard. Oh, okay. So can you put like music on stuff? Yeah, on it's that just full of MP3s. That's and nice. We can play it by by voice activation on the new van. That's van kind of fancy. That is nice. <laughs> yeah, van. Bring on the tunes. Oh, Sweet. Um, so you know we've got this kind of plethora, this mix of uh, various brands and various capacities. What do you actually use? So I mean, there's there's one thing to say. What's the biggest USB flash drive? What is the you know the first one that you bought? But what's the one that you carry with you and that you wouldn't be seen without? That's really the question, and I'll query you uh, in the chat room as well. Um, you know, we look at all the various brands, and one brand is always cutting edge when it comes to capacities, and that's Kingston Technology. Kingston is the forerunner at huge capacity solid state media. Okay, now we've seen this with the Data Traveler one terabyte USB flash drive. Can you mm -hmm. imagine a USB flash drive that fits in your pocket? Like this, terabyte, and it's a terabyte capacity. That's pretty much like your entire like personal life on the average person, if not more. <sighs> We're going to get into it tonight. What we could possibly do with the kind of capacities that uh, that Kingston is bringing out in the small media oh. market. And uh, before we do that, Sasha, you had a bit of an adventure this week. Ooh. I did. Yeah. What were you up to? Well, I was at the mall. Yes. And I Shopping. was. Shopping till you drop. Shopping till I dropped, and Pretty I was good. walking around talking yeah. to people. Should we check in and see what these yes, people have to say? Yes, we shall. All right, let's head over to the Georgian Mall okay. here in Barrie, Ontario. Here's Sasha. I'm Sasha Dermatis from Category Five Technology TV, and today we are showing people their first look at Kingston Technologies' biggest flash drive in the world. Solomon, do you use a USB flash drive for your files for your storage? I use a couple of them, yeah. Awesome. What size do you use? Depending for school, I like to use 32 gigs. It's a pretty solid size. Anything else that's like just songs and stuff like that, 8 gigs are typically okay for quick movement. 
Okay, that's awesome. What is the biggest size that you could imagine that they have for USB flash drives? Two terabyte? <laughs> awesome. Yes, you, you're in the loop. Not very many people know. So we're just letting people know that Kingston has unveiled a two terabyte flash drive. That's pretty solid. It's amazing. You want to look at it? What's the cost? Oh, geez, that's a lot bulkier than I was expecting, but it's not bad. Yeah, aside from the general bulk, it actually is pretty nice. It fit, would fit in like my backpack and everything like that, no issue. Dave, can I ask you a couple questions? Yeah. Do you use a, a USB flash drive for your storage and for your files? Yeah, I use a uh, 256 gig. I... And I put music on it and bring it in my car. Nice. What's the biggest flash drive that you can imagine? Um, I don't know, maybe a 512 gigabyte. 512 gigabyte? Yeah. Okay. So what if I told you that Kingston Technology has just unleashed a data traveler that is two terabytes? What? I never even heard a thing like that. That's huge. Pretty amazing, eh? Yeah. How much do they run for? <laughs> wow. That's incredible. But I mean, for somebody who needs it. You know, it like, wouldn't be too much if they're using it for business. Pretty incredible, eh? Yeah. yeah, that's nice. I love it. Nathan, do you use a USB flash drive for storage for files? No, I don't. I, have you heard of them? Yes, I have. All right, what about is the size you would guess they, they would be? Um, 100 gig. 100 gig? Yeah. Andrew, do you use a USB flash drive for your files? From time to time. Okay, um, about what size is it? couple gigs like I don't really move a whole lot around so what would you imagine the biggest one would be 500 gigs I don't know 500 gigs okay so what if I told you that Kingston technology has just unveiled one that is four times that size that's pretty crazy Look at, up your terabyte or this is two two terabytes, two terabytes. wow incredible that's crazy I can't believe that. Yeah. You want to take a look at it? Yeah. It doesn't look a whole lot different from your average USB drive, I guess. It's pretty cool. Alex, I'm this? Sasha. <laughs> I'm just here to ask you a couple questions. Okay. okay, so Alex, do you use a USB flash drive for file storage or for everyday use? I do not. You do not. Have, have you heard of them? I have. Okay. So what size do you think is the largest size that you can imagine that they would have for a USB flash drive? Uh, I would say 256 gigs. 256 gigs. Yeah. Well, what if I told you that Kingston Technology has unveiled a USB flash drive that is eight times the size? That would be incredible. <laughs> is your mind blown? It is blown. You want to see it? That's, that is super cool. Two terabytes. Wow. That is pretty cool. So you're giving them out? Is that? <laughs> We're just blowing people's minds <laughs> blowing today. Blowing people's Okay. All right. Connor, do you use a USB flash drive for your storage for your files and devices? Uh, not since I was in school. Not since I was in post-secondary. Okay. So when you were in post-secondary in school, what size USB flash drive approximately did you use? Uh, around 32 gigs. 32 gigs? Okay. So what size USB flash drive do you think is the biggest flash drive? Two terabytes. You think two terabytes? Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. I don't know. 
Well, I'll tell you, you're absolutely right. So really? King, Kingston wow, Technology yeah. has just unveiled its newest, greatest. Okay. USB, like USB drive? USB drive. Well, it's big, but I suppose it kind of needs to be to store everything inside. Two terabytes. That's really cool. It's incredible, <laughs> eh? Yeah, it is. It's good if you're obviously if a business person or anything like that where you're consistently either on the go or whatnot, where you have like all these files that you need to kind of keep with you at any time. Hey, can I ask you a question? Brian, do you use a USB flash drive for your storage for your computer and files? Pardon me? A USB flash drive. Do you use a, a USB no. thumb drive? No. No? Have you heard of them? No. You've never heard of them? No, I'm old school. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Sasha. What's your name? Milan. Milan, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Do you use USB thumb drives, flash drives? Uh, occasionally. Occasionally? Okay. So what size would you imagine the biggest USB flash drive would be? Uh, around the nail size of your nail. Okay. What storage size? You mean storage? Yeah, one terabyte. One terabyte? Yeah. What if I told you that the biggest flash drive was just unveiled by Kingston Technology? It's called the Data Traveler, and it has double that size, so it's two terabytes. Wow, that's, that's amazing. You want to see it? Yeah, sure. Cool, man. <laughs> so what do you think? Looks cool. Yeah. It's like it's almost a hard drive. Yeah, almost hard drive, yeah. Sweet. So does it have any cloud storage or any functionality or just storage? It's storage. It's read and write. So it, it's 300 megabytes a second for read and 200 megabytes a second for write. Okay, that's cool. Awesome. How fast? Yeah, how much you are selling it? Well, I'm not, I'm not telling you. It retails for about <laughs> Or it's not in the market, right? It's just un unveiled. So. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, that's cool. So now let's head back to the studio where Robbie's going to give us the technical info of the Kingston Data Traveler 2 terabyte flash drive. You are a fast runner because you just got back here. You changed. <laughs> just like that. Just like and that. Bam. Wow. Sasha, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for doing that. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Nice to get some <laughs> folks on the show that uh, otherwise may not, uh, may not be here. Um, and if you're watching, hey, thanks for watching. Yeah. And make sure you say hi in our chat room or send us an email. Let us know that, uh, that you're hanging out with us. Okay, so this is the Data Traveler Ultimate GT. It's a USB 3.1 uh, drive. And as you saw there, this is 2 terabytes capacity. Let's jump on here so that you can get a closer look at this. And this is how it comes in the kit. So here's the drive. Now, one of the things that you may encounter is that um, maybe it you know, blocks the ports on the back of your computer because it is a little mm -hmm. bit larger than a standard USB drive, oh, yeah. which you see. Um, so Kingston has thought about that, and they've included just a little tiny oh, um, nice. USB cable. Mm -hmm. This is going to help you if you want to plug it into your PS4 or something like that. Yeah. If you want to plug it into the back of a computer and your bezel on the chassis is going to be blocking that, that's going to work for you. Huh. What else is in the kit? Uh, we've got a nice little oh. cushion bag. Ah, nice. there you go, for carrying it in your pocket or whatever. But here you go. Let's pull this out here so that you can get a good look. And there is the Data Traveler Ultimate GT. Two it's terabyte. Let's get right up there. Just yeah, the you size can, There's the size. <laughs> so this is a 16 gig Data Traveler 2. Yeah. Let's move down just a little bit so we're on the frame. There you and go. you can see the comparison there. It's just a wee little bit larger, eh? 
Just a bit. It's it's pretty it's thick. It's chic, though. I it is, like it. And this is a nice... I suppose it's aluminum. It's a metal body. It's nicely made. Nothing but the best from Kingston. And so, you know, the, the question becomes, well, what on earth would you do with a two... <laughs> Terabyte. Right. Let's let's back this up oh just a second. Okay. What would fit on a two terabyte? I just need to like imagine everything. Everything, right? Like Ev- every movie ever. Well, you figure a movie <laughs> well, is is like <laughs> like a full length movie would be anywhere from about seven hundred to twelve hundred meg- uh, gigabytes, uh, megabytes, <laughs> one point two gigabytes. Say right. Okay. Yeah. So you you could have like two two. Hundred. We need. We need to get. Oh, 200 more than that. Is a lot. Two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah, it's about the same decimal. Let me bring up the calculator here because I'm really, really bad at on the fly math. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so we've got two terabytes. Let's just say that's two thousand gigabytes. And my first drive was uh, like sixty-four megabytes. So this is about thirty-one thousand of those drives that I originally bought plugged into the back of a computer. Like it's nuts. It's crazy. And yet, awesome. So, if you're a business person and you need some space to uh, keep a backup that is Mm -hmm. very highly portable, one of the things about a backup drive is that they're not always portable. Right. So true. Oh, yeah. They're inconvenient. They they get left behind places because you've got to set them down because they don't fit in your, your, your... bag or whatever you're carrying, purse. Um, And so this is something that you can literally disconnect it, fit it in your pocket with 2,000 gigabytes of storage. And it's nice and and well-built, as you say. It looks like like something that would be in a spy movie. A spy movie. Nice. (laughs) Now we're getting somewhere. Let's talk about that. Um, you can actually check out... Uh, now, I'll just mention, there's a reason that every time someone asks about the price, we had to sort of oh, censor that in the interview. And that is because yeah. this is brand new to the Canadian market. Mm-hmm. Um, so the pricing, in fact, since you were there on uh, like last weekend, yeah. has dropped $400. Oh, good. Like That's, that's the, the, how things happen because wow. it's brand new to the market. They're starting to get stock in, into Canada. And so we're starting to see you know the price kind of find its spot in the market. They are yeah. not inexpensive, but for what they are, for what this does... It's such an investment that's worth it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Right? They're a fantastic solid-state device, so this has not got any moving parts. Well, that's the wonderful part. Like, even for a backup, right, to keep your files, like, it's an air gap, right? Mm-hmm. So even if you, like, you have family photos or something, and you don't Absolutely, want to invest yeah. on, like, a whole, like... Raid system or anything else. So, what would be the problem then? As I think about putting all my family stuff on here, or my business stuff, or whatever, it's confidential. It's stuff that I don't want other people to have access to. Sasha, you know, what have we covered recently that would be applicable to something like this that would really help us to protect our data? So, if someone were to steal this from me and it's got all my family photos right, on it, right? All you would do is you would encrypt it. You would Absolutely. Ooh, spy movie. There you go. There go back to the spy. so on our website, category 5tv Check out episode number five oh six five oh seven for the two part series, uh, or just search for Luke Stump. L- yeah, Luke Stump is a great search <laughs> term. L u k s d u m p. Do a search for that, Luke and Stump. you'll find out all about encryption. Well, uh, so. 
you know, if you were to, um, you know, the other risk that you would run with something like this is it stores so much data. Mm-hmm. I think this is my biggest fear when, you know, if I were to hand this off to someone and say, here you go. Yeah. Our temptation is, wow, that's, that's got more hard drive space than my desktop computer. If you walk into a superstore and buy a computer, chances are this is, this is more space. Right. If, if you've got a solid state hard drive in that computer. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, I'm going to be tempted to put a lot of stuff on here that is nowhere else. So I've therefore done away with redundancy and this becomes the only copy. Not so yeah and so like any storage we need to make sure that we have redundancy so when you get into two terabytes of pocket storage we need to make sure that this is a copy or that yeah. there is redundancy somewhere so else so buy two when you when there you, you, fill, when you fill your no. carts please use our affiliate links put two, there you go, two in your cart yes. I put one in a safety deposit box <laughs> <laughs> what, it, what it really boiled down to, to me, so we understand this, the capacity of this, Yeah, that's yeah. pretty, that's a no-brainer. This is literally the largest um, capacity har- uh, USB flash drive that has ever been created. Now, as I say that, I think about um, some of the Alibaba sales and, the, mm-hmm. and these um, knockoffs that you see for $10, and yeah. it, you immediately know that they're fake. Uh, but do be mindful, eBay is known to, and they already have um, had a lot of stock on something that says it's two terabytes. It's not Kingston, obviously. Those are not real. So what mm. someone does is they hack into the firmware of the drive so that it reports that it's two terabytes. Oh, right. And it's really only like 128 gigs or something like that. Sneaky. So as you put your data on it, it works great. Oh, this is fantastic until you hit that 128 gig actual physical limit, and then you lose all your data. So um, this is by Kingston Technology. This is legitimate. This is the first and largest. But it's also very, very fast. Right. You had mentioned... Uh, about 300 megabytes read and 200, per second. And 200 megabytes write. 200 write. So Just great. I wanted to put that to the test because understanding the capacity thing, what I really want to know is, is it going to be faster than my traditional USB hard drive, my right. USB mm-hmm. flash drive, I should say, because this is what I use when I need to put something on a drive and take it with me. Yeah. Usually, I'm in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Quite often, I am. I want to plug that in, copy a video file, and, and get away from there. Like the spy movies. You're trying Just to get, like, in, yeah. get in get with in. the lasers. Okay, so deacon. using the analogy, <laughs> do you want to wait for it, spy, super spy? <laughs> or do you want to be able to store more in less time? Huh? So your, your, your cue from like <laughs> James yes. Bond. Okay, so the little old data traveler 2 um this is a dt 101 g2 it's a 16 gig drive this is one that i typically use for uh just all kinds of miscellaneous stuff because mm-hmm. it's 16 gigs it's nice and small small enough to be quick oh. to format and reuse yep. but big enough to be able to store larger files so this one came in uh what i did is i used usb they have a benchmark tool that then creates a website that shows the benchmarks and it compares okay. it against other people running the benchmarks. So this drive plugged into the bus on my uh, my best Windows system uh, came up with 22.89 megabytes per second read. Oh, okay. And just 2.51 megabytes per second write. Hmm. So you can imagine as I'm copying files to this drive, it's brutally slow if they're reasonably large. 
keep in mind this benchmark tool um, does average things out. So it tests all different file sizes and it mm -hmm. does it four times each to make sure that you get the, the accurate averages. So this is, uh, this is the average there. So now if we look at the Data Traveler Ultimate G2 2 terabyte, this one in the same test plugged into the same bus gave me a whopping 213.88 megabytes per second average read. That's a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> that is a now, lot. if you've ever had a USB flash drive, that is super, super fast for this type of media. Uh, hard drives, like the internal SATA components on your, on your computer, can be uh, a little bit faster than that. Mine run about 550 megabytes mm -hmm. uh, per second. But for a USB 3.0 device, this is something that just plugs into the back of your computer or the side of your laptop. This is the fastest that I've personally just, wow. seen. Wow. Yeah, That's super, amazing. Super fast. Writing, because I do a lot of video, how's it going to perform? Our average was 127.57 megabytes per second. <whistles> megabytes, not bits, bytes. So it's very fast. So then, uh, you know, so we know comparison-wise, this is significantly bigger, significantly faster than our average yeah. USB right. flash drive. But really, the proof is in the pudding. How is it going to perform for me in my use case? So let's put them head-to-head. -head. Let's uh, plug these two in together. And now I've got about 3.2 gigabytes of, mm -hmm. uh, of video files from last Ooh. week's show. So if I just copy those, uh, well, let's just bring up the properties there. I know my, my screen capture isn't perfectly clear there, but it's about 3.2 gigs uh, for this handful of files. I'm just going to copy that to my clipboard, and now I'm going to paste it to both of those drives. We're going to show it simultaneously. Now, this was done and recorded at a different time. There is the Data Traveler Ultimate GT2 terabyte moving along at the bottom right. Look at the one in the top left. It's, it almost doesn't seem to be moving. This is real time. This has not been sped up. This is about 3.2 gigabytes of data being copied over the USB bus to that drive. And wow. Boom. It's done. It took only 24.09 seconds. Now, the other drive continues for another 21 minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I am not going to subject you to it, but you've all been there. You've all seen that window that just keeps on going and keeps on going. Keep in mind, this is exactly the same data set. While you are seeing them on the screen at the same time, I actually did them at two separate times so that I could plug the drives into the same bus yeah. and do an accurate test and then just use my software to edit it together. 21 minutes it took versus the uh, Data Traveler, which was 24 seconds, I think I said. So the difference <sighs> between plugging it in Transferring and going, and going, and plugging it in, drinking coffee for twenty minutes, relaxing, yeah, and then I mean, going. Okay, I'm still it's putting so this spy life like analogy in my mind, and I'm like, yes. man, there'd be a whole like gunfight in that time. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. The entire plot device come on, come on, come on. is put into that time frame. Yes. That's the whole movie right there. Yeah. Um, so there you have it. That's the Data Traveler uh, from Kingston. It's the ultimate GT. Watch for it. Go over to our website, cat5.tv slash bigflash and you'll be able to check that out. Um, so that is it. That's... I'm just like imagining because I have my retro pie, right? So yes. could yeah. you imagine you if imagine I had that 
game how many games <laughs> how many games oh my gosh yeah. that would plug right into all, a raspberry pi all the games. I, i've been thinking about that because like oh, if you man. if you because like last week i mentioned like i want to like make a cloud storage device out of my pi so i could plug that in two terabytes do it and just do instead it. of paying for dropbox Pro, is have everything stored locally at home not and the accessible. most not the most economical way to yeah, get two know, terabytes on a pi still but you would be the envy of geekdom in general. Yeah, just, so just for that. <laughs> where, this, where this, to me, works really, really well is in that portable backup solution. Yeah. That right. redundant copy that I absolutely need to be able to keep with me. But also being able to transfer an entire database of video files and, and take them with you to the cottage. Oh, yeah. um, that kind of stuff. And not having to worry about space restraints. For video producers, for folks that need to have redundant copies of their files, the Data Traveler Ultimate GT is the perfect solution. Wow. Two terabytes. You could buy two. (laughs) For four terabytes? Nice. Well, yeah. Nice, redundant, redundant. There, there's one thing redundant about this. Redundancy. I feel like we're really dating ourselves on this segment, though, because like remember when 50 megabytes was like super large? Oh, are we gonna go there? I, f- I feel like 10 years from now we're gonna be looking back and it's like, oh, that's cute. It was two terabytes. Two terabytes? No, it'll be like it'll be two terabytes. <laughs> but look at how big it is. Because two so terabytes true. will be like this. Big. It is true, and Kingston <laughs> knows this. That yeah. you know, look at Kingston's uh, micro SD cards, mm-hmm. and like 128 gigs is not. You know that's that's what they are. Yeah, like easy peasy, right? So 128 gigs on a thing this mm-hmm. big, the size of your your thumbnail, and that's that's how it looks. So yeah, what will these look like in in 10 years time? But that's incredible, just it's incredible. amazing. I was working with RLL hard drives back in the day. 30 megabytes was the biggest drive that I had, <sighs> and they and they were this big. The drive. Walking around in your pockets, like, <laughs> no, just like, it literally it was. was. No, it was in, you'd put it in the chassis, but it was huge. Wow. It was, it was what, it took up the same space as two CD ROM drives or Blu ray drives in your computer. I just remember back in high school how, like, we were like the last generation to, like, really utilize floppy disks. Now you ask kids in our days, they don't know what they are. Isn't that interesting? But back at we our old school, yeah. we still have, they still have it, like the same older computers, like the big slots mm-hmm. for the floppy disks. Right. And no one knows what they're for. Isn't that funny? That's kind of scary, though. School. But yeah. it's like, yeah, I could bring in your old floppy and just... As a side note, it was interesting, wasn't it, to find that the younger generation, and, and, and older as well, but right. definitely we found with the younger generation, because they're so cell phone centric... So smartphone centric, that's their storage. Hmm. Well, yeah, it's like it's true. Yeah, cloud through, and yeah, mm-hmm. through the mall. When when I talk to the younger ones, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, teenagers, and teenagers such, and yeah. such, they they did not have anything but their cell phones. Like that's but, it. That's it. It makes sense, right? And then they just store yeah. to the cloud. I guess. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for me, I would still want redundant copies. Right. Who is, who is the cloud? What you know? Yeah. How do you know? You where just your trust data the cloud. Is? You're just trusting something out there. No, I want something I can put in my pocket. Right. That's just me. All right, we have to take a really short break, and when we come back, Sasha Dermatis has got our news stories. Your top news stories with a slight Linux bias. Don't go anywhere.
This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome back. And speaking of Debian, mm-hmm. not to make reference to one of our commercials, but uh, <laughs> next week is our Debian stretch release celebration. And I hope you can make it. Now, we actually have free tickets. If you'd like to join us here in studio, all you have to do is go to Category5.tv and click on tickets. We're located in Barrie, Ontario in Canada. Um, so certainly if you are nearby, it's something that you want to come and, uh, and be a part of. And if you're watching at home, of course, we will be broadcasting live right. as well. Uh, for uh, just a heads up, Debian Stretch, the latest version of the Debian Linux mm-hmm. distribution, is uh, going stable this, uh, I believe it's Saturday, the wow. 17th. Is right. that Saturday? I believe so. It's coming up. Somebody will Google it for me. <laughs> Sasha, over in the newsroom, what do you have for us tonight? Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Boeing wants to make their passenger airplanes entirely autonomous. Amazon's, Amazon Kindle's book charts are being badly skewed by bots, and it's hurting authors' bottom lines. A battery powered by trash is now a proven reality. And the new Mars rover looks like something Batman might drive. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Weston. Yaman. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? You're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? You need hosting. One of the things about a hosting account is you don't want to have limitations put on your website. It's true. How much hard drive space do you have? How many email accounts? How many domains can point to it? Well, we've got an amazing deal for you. For a very limited time, cat5.tv slash dreamhost. For just $5 and a bit of change per month, you are going to get unlimited website hosting, unlimited email accounts on that hosting uh, service. You are also going to receive a free domain name. So your own .com. Nice. To put that amazing website that you've been working on it's on true. there. If you run, if you want to build a WordPress site, fine. Sign up. Cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Just don't put Panama Papers on it. Just don't do it. But hey, uh, it's a great deal, folks. Best deal you're going to find. $5 and change per month. Go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories for the week of June 14, 2017. The days of listening to the captain speaking on a flight might be numbered according to Boeing. The aerospace, aerospace giant has been actively working on the pilotless technology and has already built an automatic takeoff and landing system into its newest model, the 787 Dreamliner. The industry is also facing a severe shortage of pilots, so Boeing is looking for a high-tech solution. Mike Sinnott, VP at Boeing, responsible for future technologies, says the basic building blocks of the technology are clearly available. There's going to be a transition from the requirement to have a skilled, te- a skilled aviator operate the airplane to having a system that operates the vehicle autonomously if we can do that at the same level of safety. He goes on to say that's a really big if. 
The gold standard, he explained, is to build an AI flight system that can replicate Captain Chelsea Sully, Sullenberger's 2009 landing of a crippled jet on the Hudson River in New York, losing no passengers in the process. The captain was praised for choosing his unusual landing spot rather than trying to make it to an airport, which, as was later realized, was highly unlikely to have worked. However, getting a computer to make the same decision is a challenge. Sinnott said, we are not smart enough to pre-program all those things. The machine has to be capable of making the same set of decisions. If it can't, we can't go there. I will take a moment to say that that Captain Sully, um, like, amazing decision <clears throat> he made. I don't, mm -hmm. I, everybody remembers this, I'm certain, but mm -hmm. to have the the level of requirement, like the computers must be at least as smart as you, buddy. Is or at least be able to make <clears throat> decisions. Yeah. Well, here's yeah. the thing. Like, being somebody in aviation, like, aviation management, that's my program in college, and I'm a pilot. Um, I actually don't see this technology taking over the commercial space mm. for at least another three or four decades, believe it or not. Mm. Because right now in aviation, we're still using radio navigation, which sounds... What's that? We've been using that since, like, World War II, right? So, like, radio beacons and things like that. We're still getting used to GPS in aviation. Right. So, if you think about that, imagine the ability to have no, no one in the cockpit. Like, in aviation, that's a weird thing, is that these technologies take a longer time to get, in, like, used to mm -hmm. because the amount of safety involved, especially, like, if you're talking about the FAA, so America, uh, Transport Canada... You have to get it all certified, everything else, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. And what if there's a power outage? What if there's something else, right? Right. Yeah. So me personally, I'm not sure if I can see this being implemented for like another few decades. But if there's like a heart attack or like if there's something else. Right. Sort of like the autopilot sort of situation. Yeah. But if you have that as a backup, then yeah, that's like perfect. Yeah, like Could, a learning autopilot. Or Could it happen though where instead of just jumping right to, hey, this plane flies itself. Yeah. So it already lands and takes off by itself. It already has autopilot. Mm -hmm. So could it not become more, well, I, I guess like less, a, a, less of a skilled position to be a pilot? Because being a pilot, yeah. you have to be really focused and in tune with what's going on around you. Well, not even that, because nowadays it's really come down to pushing a button, right? Because as soon as the airplane takes off, yeah. they're on autopilot. That's so, thing. At what point is the pilot needed? It's when the decision-making comes in. That's exactly. right. It's so, the human element, right? Yeah. So that could, being said, can you fly it like a drone somewhere else, right? Or, yeah, that's an interesting point, too. <laughs> but could, could the pilot, if we, so let's say it continues to be a pilot, but um, could they be less skilled and just be a decision-maker and the autonomous nature of the plane is able to take the decisions made by this person and implement them. It's so a, if yeah. I say, you know what, we're not going to make it, the computer mm -hmm. may not be able to realize we're not going to make it to the airport. Mm -hmm. We need to land on the Hudson River. Yeah. <laughs> Could right. I not say to the computer, that's what we're going to do, and the computer just obliges and does mm -hmm. its thing? Well, that's the thing, right? Is that I think it's going to be a slow movement into this, right? Yeah. So like, if we are going this direction, we might see, oh, maybe we'll let the systems do their thing. Um, but we might have somebody there, like a pilot, that has sure. to sit there for what a case, right? right. But, and that's yeah. what we see in IT, right? Like, just I wonder if there's person. a shortage of pilots. Maybe having something like this fly the plane will increase the pilot hours, because I know that's a thing. You can, mm. you can be a pilot, and you're only allowed to, to fly a certain number of hours because how taxing right. it is intellectually. Yeah. If you're fatigued, yeah. it's right? dangerous. Yeah. But if you have a program that's flying the plane for you, maybe you can fly double the hours. 
Sorry, pilots. More money, more money, more money. <laughs> Come on. Right? I, I want a like, career. Come on. Man. Like, yeah. I, I want to keep my hours up. So do you want 10 hours a day or 20? Exactly. <laughs> All right. So fake, story. fake books powered by click farms are gatecrashing Amazon's charts. And despite being aware of the issue for well over a year, Amazon has thus far failed to resolve it. First of all, it's important to understand that the authors share a lump sum pot in the money of, in the Kindle Unlimited program. The progressively big issue with this is that scammers have been raiding the Kindle Unlimited pot using a simple but effective trick. They usually pilfer the content first of all, pilfer the content first of all, by stealing legitimate authors' work and running it through a synonymizer and then uploading it to Amazon, thus avoiding the automatic plagiarism detectors. Mm. They make sure the book is as long as possible, but as they are enrolling the title in Kindle Unlimited, they keep it under the program's limit of 3,000 pages. These thieves make the books free for a few days and then use a variety of banned methods to generate a huge and immediate surge in downloads, generally suspected to be bots or click farms or dummy accounts or some combination thereof. These fake books then suddenly jump into the top 20 of the free charts, displacing authors who have gone to a considerable effort to put together an advertising campaign for their work. When authors and readers report these fake books to Amazon, no action usually gets taken until the following Monday. By then, it's often too late, and these titles have returned to the paid listings, and the subsequent boost in page reads, which normally follows a free run, enables them to grab a huge chunk of the Kindle's unlimited, the Kindle Unlimited pot, which is the same shared pot that all authors get paid from. Man. Well, I know this firsthand because Becca is an author, and she's on Amazon, she's on Kindle, she's oh yeah. So we we run uh, these promos. Wow. For you know, we want to give away the book for free for seven days. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So if someone does something like this, and it takes away from her what she... revenue from that, and mm-hmm. the amount of countless hours that a, a true author puts into it's heartbreaking you know well, it really is not only that i didn't even realize a synonymizer is a thing but could you imagine That's somebody taking her yeah. book running it through this synonymizer which i guess is just replacing every word with another synonymous word <laughs> yeah um and then reaping the benefit of the work that she's done yeah. with no effort at all. I bought Becca a book, uh, a mm-hmm. Chesterton book, uh, a while ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was for Christmas or something. And it was off of Amazon. Mm-hmm. But it was, a, it was a paperback. So it probably came from Kindle Direct or something like that. Yeah. Um, and w- when she read it, mm-hmm. she commented about, there's, there's a lot of weird, like the terminology is weird. And then it hit us as we, were, as we learned about this story. Could that book have been synonymized? Synonymized? Synonymizer? You know what? Because then people are able to sell this book and make revenue from it. Mm -hmm. And this was a physical book, but Kindle Direct Press allows also printed books. Well, that's the thing, right? Is that I think that this is going to be a huge field, especially when we're talking about like AI and machine learning. Because there's so much potential for business there, oh, especially because, yeah. like, you know, YouTube has the auto-flagging feature for copyright. Sure, yeah. So I wonder if somehow these companies are going to integrate, like, AI, machine learning, into when it scans a book. Like, you know how it has to... That's why they have to change all, like, the nouns mm. and verbs and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I wonder if that's an application for some kind of artificial intelligence. Wow. Becoming bookworms. <laughs> it's just heartbreaking. It's crazy. Man, oh, man. 
Pursuing more efficient sources of renewable energy has led many to many iterations of the battery, but researchers just brought a really interesting new version to the table, one made from potassium ions and trash. The scientists started with a rusty recycled stainless steel mesh and used a potassium ferrocyanide solution, which is also used in red wine production and fertilizers, to dissolve ions out of the mesh's layer of rust. I am totally just like... Why? One for you, one for me. (laughs) One for you, battery, one for me. (laughs) Why? Okay. Those ions, including iron and nickel, then combined with other ions in the solution. Together, they formed a salt that clung to the mesh and scaffolded nanocubes that could store and release potassium ions. The movement, I know, the movement of potassium ions allows for conductivity, which was boosted with an added coating of oxidized graphite. Lithium batteries have been the go-to version for renewable energy storage, but lithium is expensive and exists in limited amounts. Plus, lithium batteries have had a troublesome history of exploding. (laughs) Sodium ion batteries have been suggested as an alternative because sodium is plentiful and cheap, two qualities that also apply to the potassium ions used in this study. Though this battery was just a proof-of-concept study for the researchers, it has an impressive result. The battery has high capacity, discharge voltage, and cycle stability. Its use of recycled materials makes it an especially appealing possibility. See, the good news, the good news always makes me so happy. Does it make you think of Back to the Future? Doc oh. shoving some garbage into the Doc. engine? Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Mar- I guess Marty doing the... Rick yeah, and Morty? so cool. I'm sorry, Rick and Morty reference too. <laughs> oi, oi. <laughs> Parker Brothers Concepts, the same Florida-based custom vehicle shop that built a Tron-inspired electric motorcycle, has now designed and built a new NASA rover for humans to drive around on Mars. The result looks like something Adam West would be proud to drive around the surface of the red planet. At two to three times the size of the Mars Curiosity rover and weighing in at over three times heavier, it would not be easy getting this new concept vehicle to Mars or landing it all in one piece. It would be well worth the attempt. The scientifically themed Mars rover concept vehicle operates on an electric motor powered by solar panels and a 700 volt battery. The rover separates in the middle with the front area designed for scouting and equipped with a radio and navigation provided by the global positioning system. The back section serves as a full laboratory which can disconnect for autonomous research. It's doubtful that this vehicle will ever leave Earth. However, some of the ideas represented in it might be incorporated into future rover designs, including the upcoming Mars 2020 mission. That is awesome. What are you just doing? <laughs> Your space backer. Breath and sigh. I'm like, oh, yeah. I was just thinking about Adam West. Yeah. I drive that A to school. moment of silence for sure. Yeah. I, w- I would totally drive that to school. I'm like, thinking, hey, if they can't get it to Mars, <laughs> I'll take just, it. Just drive it around. <laughs> that'll, oh, be, that'll be the Category 5 mobile. We were talking about getting you a, a ride Oh, yeah, that's perfect. All, all the time. Awesome. There if I'm go. driving in that, I also want uh, self-leasing shoes. Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for watching the Category5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis.
Thanks, Asha. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and you'll find our website at category5.tv. It's nice to have you here. Please don't forget that we have a contest underway, and we are collecting ballots right now. All you have to do is email contest at category5.tv. When you do that, just tell us what you love about Category 5, what keeps you coming back. And what we're going to do is we're going to cast your name in a ballot, uh, in, a, in the box of ballots. Yes. And then we're going to do a draw, and the winner is going to be able to go into our treasure chest. Ooh, what does that There's mean? There's so much Captain. awesome stuff in the treasure chest. <laughs> and it's always growing. We've got a treasure chest of uh, great prizes. And when you, uh, when you qualify, when you win, uh, you'll be able to actually choose which prize you want. Because I guess what, what happens, right? So let's say we do a drone giveaway. Mm-hmm. And somebody wins it and they they don't fly drones and they don't care to fly drones right exactly so they're like man you know whatever so I, I, won, I want yeah i want but you know i'll give it away or whatever no. uh, so what we decided is hey here's a really neat way to do this yeah we've got a drone in the box we've got a whole bunch of other cool things in the box yeah, so have- you actually get to pick the prize out of the treasure chest that you would like to win and then that's going to get sent to you do i get to be part of this if i can i write in you can write you can in write all about you yourself. Want. We'd love to hear from you. Sometime. I won't. I won't actually take the prize. <laughs> we'll read it on the air. This but, is oh. from Sasha R. <laughs> Sasha is the best Sasha and most D talented. <laughs> Only because um, recently my brain has been like leaving me, and I feel like I could use some of those Chipolo things. Chipolo are great. Yeah. The tracker devices that that I need find your evidence. lost stuff. I need to put it on me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? That's so deep. deep. Doesn't work that way. Where am I in show. life? Oh. Where am I? <laughs> find yourself. Not quite. No? Not quite no. how it works. Oh, darn. No. Good logo. <laughs> find yourself. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well... I, I guess like that's uh, we had some technical difficulties off the top of the show, but that's generally all the time that we have for tonight. But um, oh. everything's been going well, and it's nice to see you guys. Nice yeah. to see you. Nice to see. And you? I'm excited about next week, just because Debian is going. Uh, to yeah, be that's a big squeeze. deal. I hope that stretch, you know. Stretch. You know, Not you squeeze. do have a whole week's worth of like warning. And so if you are on the other side of this planet, you could get here. <laughs> the, this this oh, is boy. breaching the fourth wall. It's like, <laughs> it's like on the other side of the lens. If you're like, here's something I've never done before in my life. Gone to Barrie, Ontario, Canada. There you go. On a it's Wednesday. It's a great vacation, come you know? See, yeah, come and see Debian. It's a we have nice a new waterfront. clock at the waterfront. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're very artistic. Artsy. Artsy fartsy. We'll yeah. Say, here in Barrie. Uh, so there's, a lot of, there's a lot of artwork that, so s- that goes up. Super randomly, this clock on the waterfront, yeah. I don't know if you know of it. Barry, it it kind of has a steampunkish. Yeah, so the Barry Rotary Club put it in. And so yeah. over Christmas, they were selling... But isn't it like plastered in rotary logos? Well, they were sell- here's the thing. They were selling bricks. So it was a donation, yeah. right? So I did this. This is how I know. Cool. So you donate to the rotary, and then you could choose what you want inscribed on the brick. Okay. So for Christmas for Dave, I got him one that says Dave plus Sasha, right? So now this this clock is it's up and it's surrounded by... Now I have to go hunt for our brick, which okay. hopefully isn't an well, easy spot. Cool. But that's like, fun. So oh. it's going to be really neat because you can go and look around this whole clock for whichever okay. brick. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's really cool. So Now we know. Now you should come I'll and just check, check out the clock, the new clock. Mm-hmm. Find a brick. 
<laughs> find my brick. Find Sasha's brick. You tell us if you find it, okay? I will take a picture of it. Yeah. Picture. Right, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> That's all the time that we have, folks. It's been nice having you here. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget, check out cat5.tv slash, what do we call it? Big Flash. Big Flash. There you go. So That's cool. That's the LGBT from Kingston. And thank you to Kingston for uh, sending that to us for review as well. So have a fantastic week, and we'll see you next uh, next Wednesday night. Good night. <laughs>